By downloading or listening to this podcast, you are agreeing to Moody's legal terms and conditions found at moody's.com slash disclaimer, including that the information provided is not investment or financial advice, and that Moody's will not be liable for losses arising from your use of the information. I'm Danielle Reed, and this is Moody's Talks, Focus on Finance. In today's episode, with the Russian invasion of Ukraine in its second week, as the world receives ongoing news of tremendous devastation, loss of life, and displacement of more than 1.5 million Ukrainians, I'm joined by insurance team analysts Jasper Cooper in New York and Christian Bedorf in Frankfurt, here to talk about how the military conflict affects global insurance and reinsurance companies. Jasper and Christian, welcome to Focus on Finance. Hi, Danielle. Hi, Danielle. Thanks for having me. Jasper, you and Christian have just published a report laying out at a high level what the effects of this military conflict will be on global insurers and reinsurers. And one thing that struck me right away is that most of the effects for insurers are secondary. That is, there's not a lot of direct exposure to Ukraine or Russia. That's right. Insurance penetration, meaning insurance's share of the economy, is still relatively low in Eastern Europe in general, and Russia and Ukraine in particular. On top of that, the Russia and Ukraine insurance markets are dominated by local players. The largest insurer in Italy, which is Generali, and the largest insurer in France, which is AXA, each have minority stakes in top five insurance companies in Russia. But in both cases, these exposures represent a small share of the insurer's assets and profits. In response to the invasion, Generali recently announced that the company will resign from positions on the board of its Russian affiliate. And what about direct exposures? Some global insurers have also written a limited number of policies in Ukraine, even if they don't have direct operations there. Most lines of insurance have war exclusions, which means the damage caused by the invasion wouldn't be covered. But there are quite a few secondary effects, right, because of how the conflict is affecting the global economy and notably in terms of market volatility and energy prices? That's right, Danielle. Our rated insurers generally have very little or no investment exposure to Ukraine or Russia. However, insurers have been impacted by a flight to quality in the global financial markets. Equity prices are down, high-quality bond prices are up, and safe haven currencies and commodities have risen in value. Does that kind of volatility concern you? No, not really. Although investment volatility has increased sharply, our rated insurance companies are generally well-capitalized and should be able to withstand this period of investment volatility. We think that tail risk in terms of the trajectory of interest rates has widened, meaning there's a risk long-term rates might rise more slowly or even fall. Lower yields would weaken insurers' investment returns. And what about inflationary pressures? Christian, maybe you could answer this. What about scarcity and supply chain disruption that raises the cost of goods? Now, we already have seen uh, supply chains uh, being under quite a bit of strain uh, for a while now, and uh, the conflict in the Ukraine uh, obviously adds to that. Uh, And in fact, uh, some companies uh, in Europe already reported uh, that they had to stop production in their factories uh, because of additional strain of supply chains. And um, with the sanctions that have been imposed on on Russia, you would expect that that will uh, carry on into the future. Uh, And the more more restrictions you have uh, on production of products, obviously, the more severe uh, you would also expect to have an impact on product prices. 
And a couple of examples that might be relevant for insurance companies would be spare parts for cars, for example, or building materials. And what about high energy costs? I mean, that's a worldwide concern right now, and it has to be especially top of mind in Europe, which gets a lot of energy from Russia. That's a good question. Higher energy prices obviously will further fuel inflation, which already now is by far above the long-term averages. Uh, and could as such result also in increasing wage inflation. And if you take that together with uh, what we just talked about earlier, uh, material inflation, then all of this combined uh, would likely drive up the cost of claims for non-life insurers, whose profitability would then be hampered unless they would be able to increase, increase prices accordingly. Okay, so those are some of the biggest secondary effects insurers could experience from the military conflict in Ukraine. Uh, Christian, what about um, direct effects? I know Jasper touched on this a little bit, but uh, and and there's very in the report it says there's very little business that is directly Im implicated by the conflict, but there is still some, right? Yeah, some smaller business lines and in particular specialty lines uh, will most likely be impacted to some extent. Uh, there are a few examples here, like for example, political risk, uh, a broad definition of which is that it covers losses resulting from a change in political conditions, political turmoil, or also violence. And, and this line of business could potentially produce some losses uh, going forward. One would also expect uh, to see some aviation and marine claims probably uh, resulting from the situation we are faced with. And then another example would be trade credit insurance, which is a more important uh, line of business uh, in Europe than in other regions. And this is a product with which policyholders uh, insure against the risk that their commercial counterparts do not pay for shipments. And this line of business uh, could also be impacted uh, by what we are currently seeing, uh, both from, the from exposure within the region, uh, but also if the macroeconomic situation deteriorates further uh, from beyond the region, for example, if uh, insolvency numbers uh, go up considerably. Are there any offsetting factors? Yes, there are potentially two, and I think Jasper already mentioned one of them, and that is war exclusions. Uh, and uh, add to that uh, in that many contracts um, include a, a clause whereby uh, insurance companies can cancel contracts after an event has occurred. And secondly, and I think that is even more important, we do believe that many insurers have reduced their exposure to the region and to these two countries uh, quite significantly for some time and have done so even more uh, since uh, the first Ukraine-Russia uh, crisis uh, in 2014. Right. And one more big potential risk the report talks about that is related to this military conflict is cyber risk. Jasper, how are cyber insurers potentially exposed? Sure, Danielle. The military conflict in Ukraine is raising the risk of worldwide cyber attacks against critical infrastructure as well as private companies and other organizations. Cyber attacks often have spillover effects, meaning they hit organizations and regions around the world that were not necessarily the intended targets. Although cyber insurance policies generally contain more exclusions, language is inconsistent across the market and world. Basically, how these exclusions would apply to parties outside Ukraine can be complex. Definitions vary and are largely untested. In other words, it's pretty hard to know what potential insurer losses could be if there were a major cyber attack. Got it. Jasper and Christian, thank you both again so very much for your insights. And thank you to our listeners for tuning in. To anyone listening to this podcast on a streaming service, please remember to follow or subscribe.
And if you'd like to read any of the reports referenced in this podcast, you can find those by going to about.moody's.io slash podcasts and clicking the link for this episode. And please tune in again for a special episode the week of March 14 on how the military conflict will affect banks, including Russian banks. <laughs>